there's um Casey Wilson has uh like she had this story about how when she was someone's assistant like working in Hollywood not as an actress just like being a personal assistant for someone that she yeah. also hired an assistant for herself to do all the work she couldn't do right <laughs> that's what you need Connor you need to hire an assistant to assist I need you an assistant and assi- I need work. an assistant's assistant <laughs> exactly <laughs> you just need some like low level very basic stuff like when your friends ask you to zoom like hey do you mind just like hopping on <laughs> do you, would you me? like would you just like hopping on to that yeah. for like a hot second <laughs> yeah, I'm just, very busy not getting out of bed exactly let me know what the bits they're doing are like I'll send you a couple riffs you know just like just <laughs> exactly. can you be my surrogate my representative please thank you so much please thank you so much I will even give you a latex mask of my face so they <laughs> We'll have zero <laughs> questions. But I am going to need you to take the mold and also have that made for me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But also, like, don't tell me when you're going to do the mold. Just, like, do it while I'm sleeping. Attack me in the night. <laughs> Connor, he needs your eyes open for the latex to work. Oh, God. <laughs> you have to get the curve of your cornea just of exactly course. right. <laughs> I'm, rel- I'm relatively sure that's how... Uh, uh, Robin Williams did it in Mrs. Doubtfire. A hundred percent. And you know what they uh-huh. say, the science in Mrs. Doubtfire is academic level. <laughs> you cannot debate that. It's over Broadway. over broadway (laughs) bits over broadway (laughs) oh baby listen we're banking a bunch of episodes and this is our second it's our penultimate episode ultimate yes you can feel it crackling in the air (laughs) meryl and i are about two seconds away from snapping completely did we pick the musical that we are covering in this episode mere hours before we recorded this ago when I was walking around my apartment, um, having just finished some emails and a Zoom that went until one o'clock, and I thought, well, of course. oh, well, with this last hour, I should jumpstart on the musical that we're going to do for tomorrow. I should just like text Connor and, you know, see what's up so I can watch it for the musical we're going to record about tomorrow. And then I went, tomorrow. It's, it's in today. simply seven hours. So <laughs> better figure out what we're doing. And that's just a little peeky behind the curtain for just everybody. An example of the professionalism we're constantly we exhibiting here. Consistently <laughs> bring professionalism to this show. And we imbue it in every ounce of what we do. <laughs> exactly. If anything, we are the ultimate podcasters. If you, were, if I were to say so myself. And if I was giving awards, and I am uh, always yearly, annually, uh, we would get the best podcast award. I would agree with that. Now. Here's my question, Carter. Because I uh, here's my answer. Uh, you are gay, yes. <laughs> so I've been told. Okay, why haven't we been nominated for a queer tea? Is it my fault? Do I need to be more gay? <laughs> no, I think it's my fault. I, you see, I did, I have not reached the level of gay fame Ugh. that uh, Damn it, uh Connor. queer tea, because queer tea only cares about um straight men who they think are gay and um uh you know just. Happy to play that role, by the way. Straight man that they think is gay. Happy to step into the shoes. (laughs) I mean, I feel like you could fill those shoes very well. My feet are very big. (laughs) 
And don't want to give away any secrets. That's on the Patreon. That uh, is on the Patreon. I don't Patreon give away foot info for free, but they are big. If you, you got to pay for those feet pics, baby. That's right. If you're interested, you can DM me across any platform. <laughs> I love that. Um, I feel, I think I might just start. I did unfollow Queerty because they're a garbage publication, okay. but I might just start tweeting at them and being like, hey, why Excuse haven't me. I been nominated for one of these? I, I know I only have podcast. 700 <laughs> followers on uh, Twitter, but I am TikTok semi-famous. Thank you. And I have a- Where- where I'm the gayest are, podcast there could be. Listen, it's no drag race, but it is musical theater, which is, as we know, extremely gay. Extremely. And if you were to ask me, I would say musical theater is the drag race of um, just real life. I would agree. That, did, that was a terrible no, joke. I would agree. Please take that out. I would agree. A hundred percent. I'll say it again. Drag race is musical theater is the drag race of uh, the rest of the world. <laughs> of the rest of the world for 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 straight people and for yes. gay people as well. There's wigs. There's gowns. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> beautiful gowns. There's, there's acting singing. challenges. There's singing. There's dancing. They're the same. You got it all. Give us an award is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, then maybe we can pay the bills and quit our jobs. Every time I look at someone else's Patreon and they're like, I don't know. I just I just subscribed to one today uh, for a podcast I listen to that I love called Five Four. Highly recommend it. Anyway, I just joined their Patreons and I, like I was like, oh, my God, they're making like seven thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I was like, OK, we'll split between like five people. It's not that much. But I was just like the thought of seven thousand dollars a month was like, oh, you could be rich. You could have a penthouse on Central Park with seven thousand dollars a month. Like, <laughs> you simply could not. <laughs> you simply could not. You simply could not. But to me, that's. That's you piles have a nice of gold coins. In, like the West Village, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, for me, I'm Scrooge McDucking, like diving into my piles of Patreon cash. <laughs> I would love that. I would love to watch that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to see somebody do it in real life. <laughs> yeah, just have their neck horribly snapped as their body <laughs> crumples into just a pile of money. A pile of coins. A pile of loose pennies they found on the street. <laughs> loose change from the streets they're of New York. All, they're like coppery. They're the ones that have been at the bottom of your cup holder in your yes. car for a long time, you know? You can't tell if it's a if it's just a really dirty dime or if it's actually a penny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big, big old coin vibes. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's like, what I want to dive into. Some of them I are blue. I want to watch somebody dive into it and then I want to dive into it after exactly. they dive into it. Like, is this oxidization or is this mold? What's going on here? What's the composition exactly. chemically of a coin? So, things of that nature, et cetera, et cetera. Of course. Anyway, again, you as know. I said, penultimate episode until <laughs> for many several Wait. months and we are ready. <laughs> many. Um, are, do you keep saying pent-ultimate? Yeah. Isn't that right? Pent-ultimate? It, it's pen-ultimate. I thought it was pent, like five. <laughs> no, Listen, it's- Connor, as I've said before, I'm very dumb. <laughs> I'm just coming for you because you came for me for Denim Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it wouldn't make sense for Pent to be there because that's five. And what does that have to do with second to last? Nothing. Literally nothing. nothing to do with it. It's okay. Um, Yet again, we are mere seconds away from snapping on Mike. That's been Etymology Corner. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're gonna start an etymology podcast under the bits over Broadway that is umbrella. Honest to God, my dream. I just want to talk about words for the rest of my life. Okay. Should Why we? didn't we make a word podcast then? There's uh, so many more words than there are musicals. <laughs> because imagine if we had to pick a word for the week, we would both go, uh, English, not my first I'm, language. I've, I've actually never, never heard, heard a, word. a word in my life. <laughs> what are words again? Uh, so sorry. I don't, I'm just, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I feel like guests would really want to do then, you know, I don't want to yeah, take then for really just me and Connor. To- Exactly. Like I like if we go even if we go by like dictionary, like, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody wants to talk aardvark. So we're fucked immediately. And it's like, Like, I don't want to take away from a really good guest episode just to do a stupid solo episode with me and Connor when a guest is going to come in doing like incredible shit with the word aardvark. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, too. I'm we're on the same page. And And this is why we're (laughs) co-hosts. Anyway, having a podcast is very hard. It's so stressful. Um, I guess we could do a podcast about musicals if we wanted. We did prepare for one mere (laughs) six hours ago. Kind of. Um, all right. Well, this week, Connor, we are doing the show that I think um, everyone in America has done potentially. Uh, absolutely. You're every single, uh, community theater, high school, Mm -hmm, uh, regional mm -hmm, theater, mm -hmm, touring production mm -hmm. has always ever done this show. Exactly. And the show in question is you're a good man, Charlie Brown. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. My dad was in this show. Not on was, but he was, he played Schroeder. (gasps) That's so cute. And we had the little piano for, for a while. He kept it for like a stupid long time. That's I love that. I love stealing props from shows yeah, that you are of in. Of course. I don't know where he did it or why. Like, I can't imagine our high school ever had a functional musical theater program. <laughs> but <laughs> he did tell me once he was in Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, and he played Charlie. I love that. That's yeah, so cute. That's really fun. I've actually never been in this show. Wait, I thought you had. Mm-mm, no, I did um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, still Charlie Brown, but not this particular show i have a lot of thoughts about there being multiple peanuts musicals um. <laughs> technically that one was just a stage adaptation of the movie so. <laughs> it was not really a yeah. musical well you know i'm working on my staged uh stage adaptation of the great pumpkin heist or whatever the fuck great pumpkin <laughs> it's the great pumpkin charlie <laughs> i fucking ate the peanuts the great pumpkin <laughs> heist actually that sounds like a really good movie and we should write it <laughs> Okay, cool. It's actually the Berenstain Bears, but we will write it and it will be a musical adaptation. It as will be well. a musical adaptation. Thank this you. Is, this is how we EGOT <laughs> the Great Pumpkin. Exactly. Heist. This is how we EGOT. <laughs> Connor, um, yeah. could, do you mind just possibly dropping some facts and figs on us? You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown has music and lyrics by Clark Gessner with book credited to John Gordon. Now, John Gordon is a pseudonym that was given to the uh, cast members, Clark Gessner, and the production staff, all of whom worked together in a collaborative effort to compile the script. 
The script itself is obviously based off the Peanuts comic strip by Charles Schultz. It uh, premiered off-Broadway in March of 1967 and ran off-Broadway until February of 1971 for a total of 1,597 performances. It then transferred to Broadway, which sadly it only ran for from June 1st of 1971 to June 27th of 1971 for a total of 32 performances. There was a West End production in uh, 1968 that ran for a total of 116 performances um there were there were four u.s tours but the u.s tour that um spawned the broadway revival in 99 was the u.s tour in um 98 and then it ended in january of 99 and then it transferred to broadway and that ran from february to june of 1999 for a total of 149 performances um that's the one that has like anthony rapp christian chenoweth um roger bart King of my ass, B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong. Oh, my God. So good. Um, There was also an off-Broadway revival from May to June of 2016. The 67 production was nominated for two drama desks and won two. One Outer Critics Circle Award and won one. It was also nominated for the Grammy for um, Best Theater Soundtrack, but did not win it. And then the 99 revival was nominated for four Tonys, only won two. Um, that was Kristen Chenoweth and Roger Bart, both won mm-hmm. for um, Featured Actor and Featured Actress. Drama Desk Awards uh, was nominated for five and won three. And it was the 99 cast album was also nominated for the Grammys, but did not win. And then just really quick, the show doesn't have necessarily a plot, um, but based on the beloved comic strip, the musical follows Charlie Brown and his friends as they face the struggles of being a kid and they try to figure out what it means to be a, quote, good man. Less of a plot and more of a loose collection of audition monologues for high school children. Absolutely. (laughs) 100%. I was watching the leg and uh, Charlie Brown is sitting in the cafeteria monologuing about the red-haired girl or whatever and his fucking peanut butter and jelly and how lunchtime sucks. And I was like... Wow, this is fully just in a book of comedic monologues 100%. for children to do at speech and debate or drama competitions. <laughs> I want to know if this, if like monologues from this show were um, a really like big part of uh, audition material until Dog Sees God came along. <laughs> and then they swapped them all out. <laughs> and then they swapped them all out. <laughs> They went to the yellow tabs marked yellow for Charlie Brown and swapped them all out. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> because I am not going to lie, I definitely had the dead dog monologue for from Dog Sees God in my uh, audition book. Okay, I love that for you. And please do tweet at us, <laughs> hashtag my audition book, and let us know what monologues <laughs> you had. And I'd love to know your signature songs, honestly. that Nothing would delight Absolutely. me more than to know the monologues that you love and the songs that you perform um yes please actually that would be a really fun uh like um uh section or uh like segment we could do yeah i would love that like what's your what's your uh, what would you use to audition for this show or something like that mitch cut Cut this this, mitch we can't brilliant idea people know this (laughs) put this one in the good idea bang yeah right (laughs) it's empty at the moment but fill fill her up um it is we have one idea in there now that's right baby and it feels good um it's a a hot one And please do drop in Santana. So how one for me? Thank you. Of course. Um, 
we <clears throat> did not in my high school did not audition with monologues like i literally mm-hmm. did not know how to find i did not know how to acquire monologues and i did this thing after i graduated high school that i had to not even audition to be in some guy came to my dance studio and was like uh do you want to be a performer he was speaking to all of us and we were like yeah we do that's why we're in dance class and he was like okay well um some of you are gonna get lucky enough to come to my sleepaway camp in the cat skills I realize that this sounds predatory, but at the time what it the was legitimate. <laughs> I understand that this sounds psychotic, but it's not. I promise. Um, I mean, it was like I'll, I should do a whole episode on how insane this camp was. But I came to New York for a week. It sounds like a. It sounds like a knockoff version of Interlochen. What is Inter? Okay, now I have to look up Interlochen. What the <laughs> fuck? I don't know what that is. I can't believe this is number one a musical podcast, and this is the first time we are mentioning Interlochen. And number two, that you don't know what Interlochen is. Well, as you know, Connor, I'm a stupid idiot. Um, <laughs> but I I had to take a monologue for this camp that mm-hmm. I went to because I was working on it with a with an acting coach named Boris. Listen, I can't get into it. Okay. Um, Go and for it. <laughs> I literally didn't know. I was like, okay, dramatic mono. Just Googled or whatever the fuck in 2009 we did. I like looked up dramatic monologues and pulled. This is insane. Steve, a Steve Carell monologue from uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Connor, when no. I tell you that that is what I took to audition for summer rep. Our freshman year of co- my freshman year of college, because no. I had nothing else. I didn't know what I was doing. They didn't tell me at that camp that I should get better monologues. So that was my only monologue for because everything else we auditioned for in college, you just read sides. You didn't. Yeah, really, you, you didn't just go with a monologue. Sides. That was right. literally my only monologue. <laughs> was this psycho speech about Proust or Proust or however the fuck you say it from Steve Carell saying this from. Little Miss Sunshine. Anyway, that's my um, encounter with monologues. Tragic. Oh, my God. And um, I also learned at that camp that Michael Jackson died. And that's that's also tragic. But at the end of the week, we got to perform in the Cherry Lane Theater to all of our friends and family. And I got to do my stupid monologue in front of people that loved me and flew all the way to New York fucking city to hear me do it. Yeah, of course. Unhinged. Um, what my parents did for me, I will never be able to repay them. So thank you so much, Jeff and Amanda, for supporting my dreams. Uh, thank you, Jeff and Amanda. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, anyway, Yikes. getting back okay. to you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is just like uh, it's just several scenes all put together from our favorite yeah. chums. At uh, the peanuts, wherever they live. The peanuts. Yeah, it definitely, like every, it's not, and it, it's not like there's like several bigger scenes throughout, but like they also intersperse like smaller, like it feels like they just put comic strips on stage, essentially. Yeah. And it definitely looked that way in the staging. Like things are mm-hmm. truly very bare. And I read on Wikipedia that that is why this production gets, got so much staged. Like it's so beloved by community theaters and high schools because it is very minimal set, very minimal costuming. And like it's just a little scene and then they leave and then a little scene and then they leave. Like nothing is really um, 
sitting in one point. So there's not huge set pieces or anything like that. The Broadway production obviously right. had them automated a little bit more and they were, you know, sliding right. on and off stage. But and they did do some like certain effects, like mm-hmm. when Snoopy's the Red Baron, they had like the background. I want to know how they did that because it wasn't a projection. Yeah. But like the background kept like tilting and stuff like that. It looks yes. really cool. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's very simple. Um, and uh, I noticed that enemy of the podcast, Ben Brantley <laughs> said that that was kind of like um, with the 99 revival, that was kind of a hindrance to the show. And I actually, after watching the um, <clears throat> leg, we, I kind of agree with him on that. Uh, yeah. It looked, it looked like a fucking community theater production. Yeah. It was because you just have so much space because they're performing in a Broadway size house, which has hundreds of seats and it's a large proscenium theater and you have maybe like one or two set pieces Mm -hmm. and one character, one person on stage. And that just makes the person look Mm -hmm. really, really small. Mm -hmm. And And a big blank background. Like it just looks tough. Yeah. So I can understand why the show, when it did, when it has gone to Broadway, it hasn't necessarily had a very long run and like why it was probably a little more successful off Broadway because there you have a little bit more of an intimate setting where the show can probably fit better into a space. I feel like this would slay in a black box. Oh, 100%. Like it's, it's, I mean... You're essentially doing a staged reading with just oversized sweaters and big shoes. So like, yeah, basically. <laughs> like I feel like it works there, but no. And also, and this is just me personally, I don't think it. it's that interesting of a show. Like it's fun and it's a great way to showcase. I think the cast that they did it with is perfect for oh, it yeah. because those are such fucking superstars of actors and actresses. Right. Like they are nailing every single moment that they're on stage like they are gnawing on the scenery and that's great like that's what you want from this show but that would be i mean i I just i don't want to pay two hundred dollars to go see any of that like that's just not for me so i I feel you yeah i just don't think i could see why it's not as successful on broadway but i think you're right i think it would kill in an off-broadway house i think it's perfect for community theaters it's perfect for high schools it's honestly like that's the kind of shit we should be that stuff should get made for those four people to do and well i don't need it on broadway Yeah, exactly. Theater doesn't exist just in New York. There's no. so much theater that happens across the country. Yeah. So like and it should. they should they should also be allowed to make fun and silly things like this. Yeah. And like you said, it is 100% like because even the scenes and the the songs are all character based. Mm-hmm. Again, there's really no plot. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that do have plot, it's more about like what the characters are doing. Like the one with the baseball game, like, okay, Linus is using his blanket to mm-hmm. like catch the balls or mm-hmm. something like that. So, and it's not really having affected that kind of, by any other storyline. Exactly. So, like, having those kinds of stories where you can have those like really awesome character moments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 100% that, um, yeah. and regional theaters are absolutely allowed to have that kind of thing. And would be great um, at it. Oh yeah. 100%. And those little vignettes are so good for like, 
you know, I also think none of these songs are technically difficult, which is good. They're pretty no. broad. Um, so you can get a range of people. And some of them lend themselves to not being the best singer. Like anytime Lucy's on stage, she's insufferable. I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God, I, this woman is <laughs> screeching at me, which is good. It works. Lucy's a bitch. Like, we get it. Right. It's, it's annoying. She's terrible hair and an ugly dress. Like, sure. <laughs> Fuck Lucy is what I'm saying. Um, and I say that as a Lucy. Uh, I know what I'm. I know who I am, and I'm a Lucy. I'm very mean, and I'm and I'm a bitch. So it works. Um, listen, we all wish we were. I love that. We all wish we were peppermint patty, but sometimes you're a Lucy. You know. Sometimes you're a Lucy. Is that is that I the feel dichotomy? Like, like, what do people want to be? I don't <laughs> I know. Wrong here? I mean, like. I feel like Lucy has uh, a lot of like misplaced confidence because she's not necessarily the smartest out of all of the peanuts, but she's definitely the loudest. <laughs> and that and put it on my gravestone, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of now I'm trying to think of like which peanut I feel like I want to say Charlie Brown because like there's mm-hmm. the moment in the book report song, which is my probably my favorite song of the entire show where he's like, well, if I start tonight, then I won't be rested and my thinking will get all jumbled up. And like, that's yeah. literally how the I spiral, am. For sure. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So, but he is also the ever Every man. Sure. So then I f- feel like, okay, well, who else would I align <laughs> yeah. most with? And I would probably say mm, Schroeder, because I'm okay. just like, leave me alone, let me do my thing. <laughs> yes, please. I need to do my compositions. I am very busy making my compositions. <laughs> I'm very busy doing art. I have to create content. And that is us for sure. That um, is gross. I I don't want it to be like so. I was just going to ask, you know how everyone has a favorite Spice Girl, which is an insane thing to ask, I guess. (laughs) Um, But in my, as I was growing up, everyone wanted to be Sporty Spice. Like that's, that was the cool Spice Girl. You wanted to be sporty. And then if one person got to be sporty and the rest of you just had to fucking suck it up and be the other ones. So I don't want to say, oh, I'm the Lucy if she's the sporty. Like, I'm not trying to claim I'm the one everyone wants to be. I just feel that I'm a bitch and I identify with Lucy's obnoxiousness. That's all I'm trying to I feel to say. that. I'm not trying to be the sporty. I'm happy to be the posh or the baby in this a pinch. Is- <laughs> if our blonde friend is isn't absolutely- there to play with us, then I will be the baby. <laughs> This is absolutely unhinged. I did not know that this Spice Girls thing was a thing. <laughs> See, I, I know. <laughs> I yeah. Tweet at I, us. Which Spice Girl are you? <laughs> Meryl, which Spice Girl am I? Mm, I would have to say probably Ginger because okay. – you are very fun, but people are not like everybody wants to be sporty because she's like not wearing a bra and Ginger's a little <laughs> too sexy. You know what I mean? Like we were too young to Got be it. as sexy as Ginger was back in the day. Yeah. So no one wanted to be Ginger. But now you're like, oh, my God, Ginger's obviously the coolest one. You know what right. I mean? Like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> Of course. Oh my god! Now I feel I've, that was such a that was the ego boost I need. Now I don't need <laughs> okay. to go to therapy. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> you every, hear me now. Listen, everyone, pay me what Connor pays his therapist to tell you what Spice yeah. Girl you are. <laughs> Happy. To I do think it. that is a sound. I think that's a sound business strategy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I would like to get a loan, please. 
<laughs> I've got a great small business idea. Hear me out. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk some more about Charlie Brown. Um, yeah, I really love when Lucy um, climbs up on that fucking piano and insists on talking to Schroeder, who does not yes. have the time of day for her, um, and discussing marriage with him. Um, and for it's very adorable. And for all of it to end with uh her stomping on top and then like plunking her foot onto the keys and saying, "My aunt Marion was right. Never try to discuss marriage with a musician." iconic like she's an icon and i and i love hate her that's all yeah the sarcasm and like the humor of the peanuts comics transfers so well to the stage but now i'm starting to wonder if that's mostly because of the cast that they had because like everyone is just at the top of their fucking game oh a thousand percent i do think it's a little bit of both i do think it is peanuts humor is very like broad in the same way that musical theater comedy is like sure the punchline is usually pretty obvious but it doesn't feel too hacky but it's sure you know i i think that you're right that some of that could just be the actors fucking killing it oh yeah because that line could go over like a ton of fucking bricks like terribly exactly. by the wrong person right. but yeah who, who is that alana not alana um uh i Forget her last Alona name. Alona something. But is Alona. Um, yeah. She she's just absolutely awful. I love her. She's I mean, like, she's great in a way that makes her annoying as hell. <laughs> I was looking up what she does, um, or like what she's done recently, and she has a podcast titled Little Facts, uh Little Unknown Facts, or the title of Lucy's number in the second. Gotcha. Act. Um what is it? Uh little known facts Cute. yeah she has a podcast titled that which i think is is very you cute come be on our podcast. um yes please uh but i think the powerhouses of this show in terms of performances are kristen chenoweth and roger bart a thousand percent a hundred percent thousand percent yeah they are fucking killing it um roger bart as snoopy is so fucking funny he has nailed down like the noises that snoopy makes Mm -hmm. and i really liked that um they went the same route as uh spongebob went where they didn't necessarily like they just implied what the characters were they didn't fully realize them like shrek does um and i really really enjoyed that yeah i'm glad he wasn't wearing like big floppy ears and a stupid nose and a call like I, i don't need all that I feel like if that Puppy if that play. had been the case, it would have taken away from his performance. Yeah. Just a little bit. Gotten us into some weird fetish shit we're just not ready for. You know what I mean? We're just not ready to take that on as a nation. <laughs> yes. As the dean in community once said, I hope this doesn't end- awaken anything in me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad we <laughs> saved Roger Bart from that fate, honestly. Right. So that I could watch him uh, perform at the last thing I think I saw uh, Hercules at Shakespeare in the, not Shakespeare in the park, but in the park um, by the public. Did he, did he sing I Can Go the Distance? He was not Hercules. Who was he? Roger Bart was, he might've been Hades. I think he played Hades. Oh it was really fun. He was great. Um, that's technically not the last theater I saw. The last theater I saw was, um, two adults in a church basement reenacting the entirety of the lion the witch in the wardrobe 
that's tough for me to deal with. Imagine if I imagine if I died and that's the last thing I saw. Sad for me. <laughs> it's the last live I theater fucking, I saw. I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> Two I need to know more. Playing I need all the parts. More. Two of them playing all the parts in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay, was this like a comedy show, or was this no, like Connor? A theater? There was, was nothing funny about it. It was deeply sad. In fact, no comedy to be had. Did you? Where did you see this? In, I'm assuming somewhere in the East Village. Um, you wish it was on the Upper East Side in a church basement. Somehow worse. Yeah, yeah. A lot of kids around, and a lot of kids who were frankly too young to have read *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. So all of this was. No. <laughs> oh my and god! They would like go behind a curtain and like put on a different hat, and they were like, "Edmund, we're looking for you, Edmund." Also, they were all doing British accents. All of course, they were they all. Did. There were two of them. Again, there were there two, were two of them. one man and one woman reenacting the entirety of *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe* in fake British accents. Doing uh, behind the curtain changes. Anyway, all of that for me. Thank you to COVID for giving me that to go out on. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely unhinged. We will be dedicating an entire <laughs> podcast to dissecting the entire show. Connor and I will be taking it on tour. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this is a great chance for us to plug our rendition of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where Meryl yeah. will be playing all the women parts and I will be playing all the male parts. That's right. Get your tickets now. www.patreon.com slash bits over way. Absolutely unhinged. Bananas. Who would do that to children? It's terrible. Um, Church ladies. That's it. Um, okay. So why were we talking about that? Christian Chenow is incredible. Um, she was now, uh, you know, I love to say this, but the role she was born to play, frankly, um, <laughs> the role she was born to play. <laughs> I mean, just an annoying little freak. She nails her yes. fucking lines every time. Have, she is on top of her fucking like timing yeah. so well. Mm-hmm. And she always has been, she's always been a really good comedic oh, actress. Oh yeah. She's and, great. Timing. Um, yeah, it it makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I were that talented. The beginning, yeah, but then you'd have to be like four foot nothing and annoying as hell. So that is correct. <laughs> You're no Oklahoma oh, I did beauty queen, talk- Connor. <laughs> going back to the scale and speaking of uh, uh, Christian Chenoweth being four foot tall, <laughs> um, I noticed that in some of the scenes they were using set pieces that were like comically large, Huge. giant. Huge yeah. to like make them look like children. children. <laughs> yeah. And uh, part of me questions like, did they really need to do that? Because they already looked so yeah, tiny. They're so small. I'm a, I'm a thousand feet away from them. I'm sitting in the back of the house. I get it. They're children. Right. I know what the people are. And again, are. they are the only thing yeah, on set. Exactly. Like I, there's no teacher to play against. It's truly just these right. children. So it's very fine if they are not in gigantic, like, yes, that bench was huge. <laughs> fucking that couch was enormous. so big yeah, yeah absolutely and and Kristen Chen was just swimming there's a line at the beginning um where all the people are talking about charlie brown and yeah Kristen Chen is like my brother charlie brown's biggest flaw is that he is whatever and then she's like uh he's 
like lazy or something. Incompetent and lazy. My brother Charlie Brown's biggest flaw is that he's stupid, incompetent, and lazy. Mm. Right. And she just keeps yeah, adding. Yeah, she just keeps adding. And like it could get old really fast or like it could just one wrong reading and it would lose its momentum mm-hmm. and she fucking nails it. It's so good. It's really funny. Like the joke doesn't get old. It's it's really good. It's really well done. She's yeah. She's a powerhouse, honestly. Like literally. Yeah. It's if you can find it on YouTube, highly recommend watching the um <clears throat> live yeah. that we watch. Um it it's very clear that it's from the 90s, right. but <laughs> the quality is chip. <laughs> the quality is rough, mm-hmm. but it was still fun. It was still fun to be able to like, see that um performances. Yeah. Um BD Wong is Linus in the giant like pants and shirt is so fucking cute. I just want to eat him up. I'm a little smoocher. Little smooches. He's got such good. They all have such insane characterization. Also, the way they physically are moving through space is just bananas. And I think it's a little like, you know, everyone shuffles in the peanuts, Right. right? And they just kind of move their arms weird because it's their cartoons. But like the embodiments right. on stage, I think they did a really fun job of little kid movements meets Peanuts cartoon movements. And everyone is Agreed. doing a really fun job of like just being a little weirdo. I th- It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed at one point that like Kristen Chenoweth always stood with her arms, not at her side, but like held out a little bit. (laughs) Like she was kind of in a Peanuts cartoon. I was like, number one, that's a really interesting choice to like stylize the piece really well. Um, And number two, you also look like a psychopath. Yeah, you look like a murderer. You look like, I can't put my arms down, kid. Exactly. (laughs) Just a little. Listen, she's always toning, and that's the key. It's if you, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. If you never stop toning, you never have to start toning. Exactly. And that's Christian Chenoweth's motto, baby. That's what they teach you down at Oklahoma City University. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) They teach you, you must always be engaged. Never let your core loose. (laughs) As we've all said. Um, She's been tense for how, like, what, 50-something years? Exactly. She's never Let it relaxed. go, okay, Chad. If she relaxes, she will die, much like a shark. She, exactly. She, she will die. Sharks, yes, much like a shark. Um, I originally was reading this Wikipedia after I'd listened to the uh, OBC. Mm-hmm. I guess not the OBC, but the revival. and The revival. Uh didn't realize that there's an original and a revised and mm-hmm. so i was reading the original and i was like i didn't read, i didn't listen to this song like what uh this is i didn't get far enough i thought i finished this because i was reading this like 10 minutes before we started recording i'm like i didn't i didn't do all my work i missed all of act two and then i scrolled down a little <laughs> bit further and saw it revised i was like no i heard these songs i heard t-e-a-m-t i'm with it we're good we're good we're in the clear we're good we're good yeah they did they revised it um between i think the original and the revival yeah i don't think they i don't fully know like what from what i can tell looking at like the song list not much changed except for like the rabbit chasing number Mm -hmm. um beethoven day was added in Mm -hmm. that kind of thing Um, everything else it's pretty seems like it's yeah it's pretty much there. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, Peanuts Potpourri or something that I saw. And I was like, what the fuck is that? 
Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what that was. I think that might have just been like underscoring for a scene. Fair enough. Um, that's good because the music I'm is really, it. really interesting as well. It's not necessarily like super musical theater, but it is very. It does like feel something like um you would hear in one of the uh peanuts cartoons which i think is really interesting to have like cartoon music going underneath um a, a musical mm-hmm. because that's something that spongebob when we were taught when we talked about it completely did not do no they went away from the cartoon motifs. no interstitial like moving scene to scene that kind of thing but i think right. it works in this because because it is more like little vignettes. It's more scene to scene. Right. So you kind of want that transition music because otherwise it's just like kind of dark and people are quiet. Right. You need to fill the space. Yeah, because they're not really moving. That's the other thing. I mean, they do move a little bit. There's stage movement, obviously. But a lot of the beginning right. songs, like those first couple bits, are just people sort of mm-hmm. standing around. There's not a lot of like dance number. The only no. dance number I feel like was the blanket one, my blanket and me Okay, with Linus. Um, I didn't get far enough in the bootleg because um, I had to watch it after work. Um, okay. So I watched like maybe 15 minutes of it. Um, I got, sure. I was literally on the blanket song. Um, like it was coming up on the blanket song. They were doing their like right. little talking bit before. So I didn't quite see that. Um, but yeah, so from what I saw, like there wasn't a lot of movement. People were just kind of sitting on things and standing yeah. near each other. And then they would be like zooted off stage with their little slide thing. <laughs> yeah. So I was just kind of like, oh, wow, this would be no offense, but super fucking boring to look at. Like, it's just not that yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, because again, with a, such a simple set, like where it's just like maybe uh like a a wall and a bench mm-hmm. or like maybe just a bench even yeah um it really is not that's why i feel like you need to have really strong performers because like they have to literally carry mm-hmm. the show yeah you you um, you're only going to look at them so you better hope they're fucking worth looking at <laughs> exactly <laughs> and as we've said um, before bd wong is so it's fine bd wong is very good and i feel like um this uh, this also lends itself to being a like widely performed is there's not a lot of dancing linus's number is the only one that dance that they have dancing and i was really happy that they incorporated the rest of the cast in it because i was like oh i'm really missing an ensemble in this number um and then like they uh later on in the song um they appear like they all of the cast members are carrying their own blanket and dancing with it um and i was like oh this is perfect this is exactly what i wanted um (laughs) i felt it they felt it and they solved the problem they felt it and they were like yes this song could (laughs) use an ensemble ensemble. um and that was really fun and it was really nice um and they did some bits with like the the blanket floating around as BD Wong danced with it. Mm-hmm. So like got a little bit of the theater magic in there, kind of like making it a little more whimsical, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like only having one dance number yeah. in the show also lends itself to being widely performed because Absolutely. not everybody is a dancer. And now isn't that the truth? Um, I can't wait until Mizzou does <laughs> your good man, Charlie Brown. 
It's going to be fun. What are they doing this year? What did we just... I Madagascar. That's right. I almost sent it to the group chat and was like... And then someone else... No, and somebody, then Maddie did send, did. somebody did Then Maddie did. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because if we had let this go without talking about it, I, I oh my God. simply couldn't have lived. But... Um, I'm waiting for the day that all of us return to Mizzou mm-hmm. to do summer rep because technically that is a professional company and it's we allowed. are allowed to do that. And this time I'm going to have a fucking kick-ass monologue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's going to be from the office That's instead right. of <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. It's me um, doing Steve Carell doing uh, the entire <laughs> yes. episode of Law & Order that he does to yes. auditions. <laughs> For Sweeney Todd. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you can see that on Patreon if you give us $5 a month. <laughs> you give us $5 a month. I'll do any monologue you'd like. Um, <laughs> that would be honestly like, fuck. Worth it. <laughs> you give us money, we will perform whatever you I will perform you for you. I am a monkey. <laughs> give me money. <laughs> I, will put, I will even put on a little monkey costume. I'll do the little hat and the little vest. I don't give a shit. And I'll have a little... <laughs> I've got one in the back. I'll do it. <laughs> I know that about you. Um, okay. So after my blankie and me, um, Lucy tells Linus, I assume, um, that she wants to be a queen someday. Hilarious. Yes. Um, and but Linus says, you can't, and she's like, Well, fuck you, I'll punch you. <laughs> Which just I'm telling you, that's my vibe. Um, yeah, and then foreshadowing also for the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then Sally gets a D for her pathetic coat hanger sculpture. Now, here's my question: Is Sally yeah. dumb in the comics? Is that like a thing um, that she's not good at school? She yes. Um, I was because I was reading. I fell down into a peanuts rabbit hole <laughs> and, today. The most dangerous um, but, of rabbit hole. Yes. Uh, Sally is um, has a habit of fracturing the English language to comical effect. She acts she reacts extremely negatively to school and homework, having to deal with dogmatic memorization and obeying ambiguous instructions. I think I remember that now that she's always so, so fucking bummed about whatever the hell she has to do at school. Yeah. Honestly, I should introduce the children the girl, little girl in Annie. i should the introduce children. her to, to sally i feel like they'd Absolutely. really vibe honestly you could watch the um 20 the was it 2015 the animated feature mm. that they made yeah. of the peanuts i probably won't but i'll let her watch it i actually kind of liked it it's like a really cute um it's very it's very much similar vibes not really a story just like yeah. small vignettes there is kind of a story it like because whenever it comes to charlie brown's like uh storyline it's always about like him trying to get the attention of the little red hair red haired girl um yeah like chill but, out charlie jeez right You're being a fucking oh stalker God. right now yeah he steals her pencil and is like oh, look at these teeth marks i'm like can you calm down <laughs> it's basically a season three of you it's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i've never seen you but i'm badly shaking right now <laughs> coming for you pen um, of Penn and Teller. A Penn Badgley, I'm leaving you alone. Of Penn and Teller, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad we were on the same page Thank with that you. one. Um, I just, I'm just not a huge fan of the Peanuts. I never was growing up. I didn't understand wow. the vibe. I don't care about you their heard fucking it here first. 
I don't hate I hate that yellow bird. I just don't like any of them. His name's Woodstock. Oh my god. Mitch this is also fucked up. doesn't like the peanuts, which is why we're in love. <laughs> this is fucked up. I am I am working with two peanuts haters. You really are. I did not like it. And we always had to watch it in school because uh, education. Um so for yeah. all the holidays. I mean it's like it's for it's very family friendly. Yeah, what do you do on the day right before a fucking holiday break uh not schoolwork. that's for fucking sure it's nope. public school you not watch private charlie brown you watch charlie brown and the pilgrims or whatever the hell um exactly <laughs> so i have seen peanuts i just like never liked it at all now is it because you don't have a heart that you don't care about peanuts <laughs> yes. or like what's the vibe that's it that's what it is um i don't know okay, i just don't like it. children getting up to things i guess <laughs> That's the inner nanny in you. Children getting into trouble bothers me on a deeply cellular level. (laughs) But I mean, they don't necessarily get into trouble. It's more about like using children to satirize like the modern world. But why are they always alone? Who's the boss of them? Who's telling them what to do? Parents do like parents do exist within the world, and and they're disrespected by just being (laughs) muffled. You heard that? I'm an anti kids pro parent free. So as a child, like Connor, can you you imagine how insufferable I was? Like, I feel like a lot has come out over the last few episodes about how just awful I was as a child. I promise I had friends, but not many. So you definitely did not have like a rebellious stage as a teen. Oh my god, no! I painted my nails black when I went to college. That was my rebellion. Oh my god! Yeah, I painted my fingernails black, and my parents were like, "Okay, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> we're shaking in our wow. boots." <laughs> like <laughs> we learn something new about this every I mean, not, episode. Not to brag, but fuck society. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I did buy this. <laughs> Black nail polish at the Walgreens with my own money <laughs> that I earned from working wow. at a bank. <laughs> um, I'm actually very cool. People say that about me all the time. <laughs> it's true. We do say that about Meryl all the time. <laughs> Mitch is regretting that he ended up with me. <laughs> Mitch who skipped school regularly in high school and I was like... I- no, <laughs> not even on senior skip day. I still went in to take you a French test. In? I had to go in in the morning to do something. I had to take a test or something. Yes, I only did oh a half God. day of senior skip day. <laughs> wow. Honestly, that's rude of your your teacher to give you a test on they senior skip day. did it on day. purpose. They're assholes. And I, yeah, they are. as I've said before, have a deference to the authority that is overwhelming and a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, look at my black nails. Fuck oh society. Oh my goodness. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> society. Anyway, wow. I am truly shaken to my core. Mm-hmm. I did not know this about you. Is this therapy? Do I should I be paying you for this? <laughs> is this what you talk to your therapist about? <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what I talked to my therapist about, about um loving the peanuts. Yeah, today I just love to really just dive in on my peanuts. Just really dive in on it. <laughs> I read a new strip. I read a strip that I've never read before today, and it really it's rattled me. It's just like me. Charles M. Schultz is speaking to me, and I just want to talk about that a little bit. I want to <laughs> dive in. <laughs> okay. Uh, exactly. I know we're not at the act break, but we've been jumping around, so let's take a quick break, and we will come right back with more uh, Charlie Brown. 
use Venmo as a receipt system. <laughs> it's like an invoice. I'll just never pay you on Venmo. You just tell me what I owe you on Venmo and I'll send you. And then you, I'll send you um, the gift the, card. To the sent amount uh, Subway yes. gift card for, for payment. And postage is on me. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Um, Is it a Reddit <laughs> post of the guy who's like, I'm using GameStop as my bank? Yes. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> Whenever I want to make a withdrawal, I just return a game or whatever the fuck. Yes. <laughs> That's me, but with Subway. Which is a psychotic idea because GameStop would only give you like $3 per game. <laughs> Listen, you don't need a lot of money. You just need enough money. <laughs> That's true. Every time I write my rent check, we I should just... have We should have a money money talk. And <laughs> <laughs> We're starting a finance podcast under the, the umbrella of Broadway. <laughs> We're starting so many different podcasts. All of them, each of them worse than the one before it. <laughs> we need to start keeping a running list of whatever mm-hmm. we've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Would, that's that's really good. That's I our Patreon content. We just that do is our, our Patreon episodes. content. Just like releasing new episodes. One episode. Of fake, yeah, one <laughs> of episode fake of fake podcasts. I actually love that. That's actually very funny. That's a fun podcast idea. Just like yeah. every week it's different and you're doing That's a, a new... Lauren Lapkus has something like yes. that where yep. she has the guest come yep. on and then they make a fake podcast. Yep. I forgot that that existed already. Um, yeah. I used to listen to it all the time. I'm deeply stupid. <laughs> I love the called? one with um Daniel Franzis where it was like they were two Long Island women oh, <laughs> just pretending to talk about like be- living on Long Island. Oh, it tickles me so much and it disappeared behind a paywall and i'm really mad that i can't listen to it fuck anymore. you stitcher you sons right? of bitches you're fuck a wolf, man that's why we're not part of them um yeah and also they haven't asked um <laughs> also we don't have anyone to ask on our behalf so but also honestly i if we did if we did that as patreon only content i would that would, i think that'd be really I funny simply scream um uh readers now that we're back from the break uh what do you think oh, about did, that <laughs> Was that all recorded? Yeah, I I keep forgetting you can't hear the cues. So I'm just like chatting, knowing that that this is technically illegal, I think. think If I don't tell you you're being recorded, it's 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 a crime. It's a a crime to not tell me that I'm being recorded. It's like the single party recording. I was just about to say a two party consent system. Yeah. I'm what I'm doing is Taylor Swifting your ass and then you're going to Kim Kardashian my ass. Right. So um in this scenario, mm-hmm. you are the Mark Zuckerberg and the social network, and I you're am the, the Andrew Garfield. I'm the an- <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the Andrew Garfield. <laughs> I would I wanted I want to go on the record now and say that I am not Army Hammer. I have never and will never eat a person. <laughs> and and then come thinking about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who did I have to explain Vore to the other day? Was it you? It was Mitch. Oh, God. <laughs> explain, he was like, I don't understand. Because there's a building, there's some kind of realtor, like, property group in New York City called the Vornado. There are. And yes. I was like, we cover them at work a lot. Vor- Vornado? That's what you went with? And Mitch was like, I don't understand. Why is that a problem? I'm like, because Vor? And he was like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, well, I don't know how to tell you this, but basically just watch the anime attack on Titan and you get it. Yeah, Mitch, just watch the anime attack of the Titans. And attack then you'll on get Titan. It. Attack on Titan. Att- 
attack on titan how does that what's the <laughs> punctuation there attack there is no titan it's is just a place. attack on titan yeah titan, titan is, is a place. place and is it where the titans live or something else yeah different? Kinda. okay all right i can get on board with that i've only ever watched like one episode i'm not really into i don't really get into anime so oh seems like maybe you are <laughs> no, i'm just on tumblr a lot and people on tumblr really oh, like it oh sure now i have a question uh this mm-hmm. isn't related to charlie brown at all but it is a children's cartoon so we'll sure. get there eventually the segue will happen we'll, um, we'll figure it out would you say that watching things like pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh is anime what makes it anime? yes okay yeah yeah, those are considered anime. Well, in that case, I have watched anime. Um, there you go. So, look at me. Well, I'm if you've cool. ever lived with if you've ever lived with friend of the pod Keaton Cruiser, you have watched anime <laughs> because um, there was one time when we were all living in Bushwick together. Um, he watched every single season and series of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and the rest of us all had to watch it as well. <laughs> it was a shared television and for some it reason it was a shared television so usually if one of us was watching some bullshit all of us were watching <laughs> some bullshit. Uh, that simply would not stand. Um, I tolerated it in the mornings while my brothers ate pancakes uh, but sure. I couldn't handle that being my life. <laughs> it, it's, it's unhinged. Oh it's fun. Uh, it's I, I, I can't watch a lot of it, um, but I have watched a bit of it. I like that they battle. Um, that's fun for me. I love to to do the fight. Oh, yeah. We love the action sequences. Yeah, we love that. We love when they're just zooming around and doing damage, etc. And then they're like, yeah. <laughs> you thought you had me beat? Guess what? I have this fancy arm guard. And look at this card I'm about to draw. Look at this. <laughs> viewers you can't see but i'm doing i'm doing a very good impression of the Yu-Gi-Oh card flip <laughs> where she's flipping the card over to surprise me with what it is it's very good look out i've got flesh eater a, tra- a trap card a tra- i don't know card. <laughs> i used to play I, I even played Yu-Gi-Oh when i was a kid wow my, my brother said too he, he always, my cousin always kicked my ass because I didn't know how to play. Yeah, and I didn't understand it. I'm like, what are the rules? <laughs> and Damage honestly, points? nobody knew. But now you play D&D and that's basically the same thing, right? Uh, sort of. You except have to keep track I of am, like hits and like what. Yeah, it, that's true. Kinda. And as the person who like writes the campaign, because I play, I play as the dungeon master, I have to do a lot of math and I hate it. <laughs> I tricked myself into doing it. <laughs> You thought if you measured in theater, you wouldn't have to do math. Joke's on you. No, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. You. Because then all of your friends want to play D&D and you have to be like the good dungeon master and do all the funny voices that you can do. And then and they do trick math. you into doing math. Bastards. And then you have to do math. This is why I'm glad that I had math in uh, shop class because that was a reminder. It was a refresher. Now I know how to do math in D&D. In so thank class. you, shop class. <laughs> you mean shopping like in college? Like. Theater. Yeah, like when you had to measure <laughs> stuff and like <laughs> subtract. Okay, okay, okay. When you had to yeah, like no, subtract. Yeah, no, I know what them. math is, Connor. I'm familiar. <laughs> no, no, division, addition, PEMDAS, etc. <laughs> uh, what what did we call shop? It wasn't shop in college. What was it? Theater making. Theater. 
stagecraft. I, I, I remember. What the fuck? I thought we called it shop. I don't know. I just went and had Dean talk to me for fucking an hour and a half or whatever the hell. Well, because like when I did the one where we like had to actually like build the sets and stuff, mm-hmm. like help out building all that. Yeah. I don't know. I just called it like, yeah, shop like working class. in the shop or oh, that makes just sense. shop. Shop makes sense. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, we skipped over Beethoven Day and the kite. And I mean, the thing about because, again, yeah, we skipped over a lot. The doctor um, is but um, the thing about like all of these songs is that they're so character based and there's, again, no plot. So like the kite is just your classic, like Charlie Brown trying to fly the kite and he can't. It gets stuck in a tree. <laughs> Fucking um up. Beethoven Day is Schroeder very excited about it being Beethoven's birthday. Um, I really like the final sequence in the first act, the book report, um, because I think it's such like a perfect encapsulation of every single person's character within the world. Mm. You have like Lucy who's trying to game the system by writing a really funny, like weirdly worded um, book report in order to like reach the um, book report word limit without doing the most work mm-hmm. uh schroeder who didn't read the book at all um is like comparing it to an entirely it was like writing a book report in an entirely different book um linus does like some crazy psychological like um interpretation of it and then charlie brown is like oh, i'm not gonna do it i'm just gonna procrastinate on it forever and it's perfect i think it's great yeah. it's a, a really fun song um but again it goes back to the whole like character aspect yeah, of the show absolutely um Sorry, just I really quick had to edit the Wikipedia page because they had a typo. Um, <laughs> I've never done that in my life, but it was annoying me, so I, I fixed it. Um, okay, so not only have we discussed on this podcast <laughs> your deference to authority, but you are also now editing the, as we are mid-record, yeah. editing the Wikipedia for your good man, Charlie Brown, well, because they had a typo in it. You wrote intro, but what you meant was into, and I just feel like it's confusing for people like me who are trying to read this Wikipedia for their podcast. <laughs> Amazing. I'm, I'm just helping out future Broadway podcasts. Broad of pods. Course. Broad pods, as Broad I pods. call them. <laughs> Broad pods. <laughs> And that is a trademarked term. Please do that not use is that. our production company name. Please, please leave us in peace. Um, we are still in the prospect of getting it copyrighted. <laughs> I am applying for many patents. That's not how you get a copyright, but that is how I'm choosing to but go about it. That is how we are going about it. Please do not question our process. I don't want to be told what the right way is. I'll be doing it my own way. Thank you so much. <laughs> and speaking of that, I want to talk about the um uh psychology scene. Yes, yeah, with yeah. Lucy. Because number one, classic, but number two, um, would you say that Lucy is a hashtag girl boss? Yeah, a thousand percent. She is uh she's or Oprah, she is uh S- Sandy, what's her name, who wrote Lean In. She's all of us at once, and she is the hashtag girl boss. She's Sophia, the other girl boss who did the period pants 
Anyway, sure. I don't, I'm not, listen, am I fluent in who the girl bosses are? No, there's simply too damn many. I would say we've done enough feminism. We have enough girl bosses. I can't remember who they are. So I think we're good. Do you know what I mean? Like we've. Yeah. So like we should stop doing yeah, feminism we've probably now. hit our threshold. I think we're a little oversaturated. I've named at least three and that feels like enough. I think. Girl yeah, bosses. definitely. I feel like that's good. And now we've got Lucy in the mix doing girl boss things. Oh my God. That's. A bridge too far, if you ask me. A bridge. <laughs> a, bridge a bridge too far. Too far. Um, yes. No, she is insane. Absolute girl boss. Like, yes, that is extremely who Lucy grows up to be. Yeah. Um, who does she grow? Oh, easily. Now, remind me. Because she grows up. She fully grows up to joining a pyramid scheme or running a pyramid oh, scheme. Oh, she absolutely brings people into an MLM for oh, certain. Yeah. Easily. For certain. Um. Now, I did not see Dogs He's God. Um, Neither did I. That was like why. the year before that. It was mm. the year before I was. I was going to ask what Lucy's whole deal is in that show, but I, I guess we don't know. I guess we'll never know. Um, actually, I have read the script. Oh, okay. Um, Lucy in Dogs He's God ends up in a psych Who, ward. What girl boss amongst us hasn't started well, there? Exactly. <laughs> so um, trip. <laughs> In, a mental in case hospital. anybody who doesn't know, we've been making a lot of references to it. Mm-hmm. By a lot, I mean two. Um, <laughs> Dog Sees God is a uh, play that is based on the Peanuts characters, and it's like the Peanuts grown up. It's like what happens in their teen years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, uh, Snoopy is dead. Charlie Brown has his, like, big dramatic monologue about it, about how, like, Snoopy got rabies and they had to put him down. Um, and then uh, Schroeder is gay and Charlie Brown ends up coming out as bi and, like, becomes his boyfriend, essentially. But then Schroeder cute. kills himself, I think. Less cute. Ugh, much less cute. Um, and then uh, Marcy and Peppermint Patty are drug addicts. Um, or they, or they're alcoholics. They like keep getting drunk at, um, uh, like school <laughs> Lucy's in the psych ward. Sally is like a punk or like an anti-authoritarian person. It sounds right. And, um, pig pen is like a douchebag, like jock type guy, but it's like, you got like all your like childhood. It's basically Riverdale meets the peanuts. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Um, and it's not the best play on the planet, but it is definitely a play that a lot of people put on. <laughs> it definitely is available for purchase right now, and we will link that in the show notes. Thank you so much. We will be linking that in the show notes. Absolutely. <laughs> I definitely think that if you like the Peanuts, you should read it because it's a very interesting like thought exercise of like what the Peanuts is could this, be. Is this like the thing where they tell you what uh, mental illnesses all the childhood cartoons you liked were growing 100%. up? 100%. Okay. Yeah. It's like yeah. when they're like, if you liked Eeyore, you have depression, and it's like, yeah okay tell me something i don't know <laughs> exactly you know what I mean? oh you're like tigger you have adhd yeah yeah D- uh, fucking apparently oh, oh you're rabbit you must have been meryl k aaron's as a child <laughs> an old prune who's annoyed by everyone yeah that's me <laughs> that is me thank you that's my childhood disease <laughs> i was 60 by the time i was six <laughs> And I love that for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see Dogsy's God, but we did do it at Mizzou. And we did many, uh, many former guests of this show, uh, many friends of the pod were stars Have in it. Have been starring in it. Yes. And one day we will bring them together uh, for a surprise reading <laughs> of 
Doxies <laughs> They are not going to know that they're going to no. be doing a reading of it, but we will be making. And them the punishment it. for them of that will be that they're not allowed to tell any of the stories um, from yes. the show that they have. You're not. I don't. We're not going to let them tell you that Andy Ray was sick and Peter Smith had to go on in Andy's stead. And Peter knew the whole show, even though they were the stage manager. They're not allowed to tell us that, and they're not, they're allowed, not allowed to, to tell, tell us about us all that. the pizza they ate and that's and they're not allowed to tell us that anymore mitch cut off this it's not <laughs> is the worst punishment is the worst punishment for any actor not being allowed to tell stories about the cast of the show tell stories about in? the show yeah 100 oh, yeah if you like literally that's all actors talk about is like oh i did the show and this is what happened oh my god i did like, the show with, the with cast, this cast and oh show my god itself. <laughs> That's something exactly. fucked up happened. It's all about like, oh my god, like that's all those stories I tell about Hamlet. I'm like, oh my god, do you remember when we all just like went back to an apartment and got like out of our minds, fucked up, and ate pies out yeah. of like off the floor? Do you remember when we did that? That's so funny. I love being an actor. Psychotic. <laughs> you could have that same experience without the drama just by being in college. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. We are not special. And I understand that this is a very special form of torture. The two of us talking about our college experience on a podcast that dozens of people listen to. You chose this. (laughs) You hit subscribe. You wanted this. (laughs) But genuinely, genuinely, we are not necessarily special for what we went through in college. It was just we had the added uh, bonus of putting being an actor on top of all yeah of exactly we did all the fucked up shit you did in college we just also had to memorize lines on a friday night and perform hungover or sometimes drunk <laughs> or drunk should the should the mood take us <laughs> should the mood take us <laughs> yeah, it's a choice anyway um <laughs> so okay um, I really like, and I'm sure that this was like star making turn for Kristen Chenoweth, but my new philosophy is, yes. I mean, oh yeah, that's what you think. Iconic. I love Sally. She's such a little bitch. I wish I had her confidence then and now. <laughs> Enemy of the podcast, Ben Brantley said, quote, Kristen Chenoweth's performance as Sally will be the part that should seal her reputation. And it did. I think, I think and it, I definitely would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure out 99, like where she would have been at this. I, I Probably not her Broadway debut, but dang, like early in her career, I feel like. Um, Yeah, definitely. Uh, 97, she appeared as Hyacinth in the Roundabout Theater Company production of Moliere's Farcical Scapon. I'm guessing <laughs> I don't speak French. Um, she made her Broadway debut in 97 in the musical Steel Pier okay. by Kander and okay. Abbe. Oh, we should have done that for our deep cuts. I've never even heard of that. What are we thinking? I love Candor and Ebb. Right? Um, um, yeah, so she made her debut in 97, but okay. um, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Um, I feel like that had to be it. That was what got her her first yeah, Tony. Yeah. So that must have been that this must have been like what put her on the map, essentially. Yeah. And she is incredible. I mean, she really just does a, a fabulous oh, job. Oh, yeah. Um, which is fun. Uh, I'm gonna get off of Kristen Shannon's Wikipedia page because that is just a rabbit hole. We don't I know. Need I'm to just gonna down. keep reading it. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just like looking at Welcome it now. To I'm some, like, oh, okay. Some gen facts. Uh, uh, we're gonna. That's gonna be a new segment on the show <laughs> as well. Facts. Um. Okay. Explain to me this little league baseball situation. They're just like, it's time for us to 
to go play some baseball? Yeah, basically. Okay, great. I love that. <laughs> well, because like they in the um, actually I was reading uh, a lot of the um, Peanuts comics that are were like the most popular yeah. happened in the 60s. Okay. And it was kind of like it wasn't necessarily intentionally revolutionary, but it was revolutionary for the Peanuts to have girls on a like like a co-ed team essentially because uh-huh. they were about 10 years ahead of the curve um charles schultz was about 10 years ahead of the curve Got with it. that um so like it that doesn't happen a lot in the co- in the comics where they're playing baseball on like a little league team mm-hmm. and uh, apparently charles schultz was um you know killing it he yeah. was very progressive yeah that's true um and i love that for him uh i I love this line on the Wikipedia. Lucy takes a crabbiness survey and Linus says that her crabbiness rating is 95. After punching him, she realizes that she, in reality, is really very crabby. (laughs) You, it's, that scene is really, really excellent Um, because she goes to like three different characters. She starts with Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown is like, I feel like this is really unfair of you to ask us because obviously we're going to tell you that you're not crabby (laughs) because we're all terrified of you. (laughs) Yeah. And then she asks Sally and I think Sally is like, yes, you are crabby. And then she like skips away. And then she goes to Linus and she's like, Linus, are you, am I a crabby person? And he puts the blanket over his head and he goes, you're my big sister. (laughs) And she's like, no, you have to answer the question. And he goes, that is my answer. (laughs) And then she's like, no, you have to tell me. So then he goes, he says 95. And without hesitating, she just punches him in the face. (laughs) Which was foreshadowed in the earlier scene with Lucy saying that she was going to become a queen. I love that. Um, It's it's Chekhov's uh, fist, if you will. And that could get dangerous, but it is important to acknowledge. It could be. Um, I <laughs> love just after she punches him, she realizes that she is really very crappy. She is actually a she- crappy person. And it actually gets really serious and sad because she's like, I don't like nobody likes me. The like, what's the point of living? Yeah. That sort of thing. And Linus goes, OK, Connor, are you all right? Oh. <laughs> Connor, do you need help? Blink at me. <laughs> I am blinking. I'm okay. Uh, I don't know what that was, but um, uh, Dan falling off the Peloton. <laughs> probably Linus said. Linus like goes up to her and is like, "Well, you have a little brother who loves you very much." Mm. It's like really sweet. It's a very sweet moment. That's really nice. Today, while yeah. we were doing homework, um, Campbell had a lot of uh, feelings. She. Oh, Came mm-hmm. to realize she really just needed a snack, but she was really mad about doing her homework and she was being very rude to me. And I was like, I don't understand why you're being so crabby. And she like, like looked me dead in the face and she's so mad. She's like crying, yelling at me. And she goes, I'm just very crabby because I don't want to do my homework. And I was like, what you're being right now is definitely not crabby. Like I would qualify crabby as just being a little bit like put out, but you are fully right. like mad. You are full of rage at me. <laughs> I'm just crabby. <laughs> okay. Okay, girl. Do you need a minute to calm down? <laughs> give her a little two minute break Hilarious. to just sit and eat her cottage cheese um right sometimes that's what you there need you go. sometimes that's what you need so that's all you need so 
Charlie's Charlie Brown is not going to let what happened. He's not going to let the fact that he lost the baseball tournament for his friends get him down. He is going to join a glee club with Schroeder. Um, But unfortunately, uh, a fight breaks out between Lucy and Linus. Yes. Over a pencil. Um, And everybody. (laughs) Because. (laughs) Keep going. Linus said something about Sally and Lucy said that she was going to tell her. So Linus stole her pencil to get her to not tell Mm -hmm. Sally what Linus said about her. And then Lucy does it anyway. (laughs) Okay. So the fight spreads and then Charlie Brown decides to leave with his angry friends, leaving Schroeder and Snoopy the only ones singing. Um, Yes. An enigma? What's an enigma? (laughs) I do believe that this entire scene inspired Ryan Murphy to create Glee. (laughs) I do stand by that, and I will be taking zero questions. Tragic. (laughs) Just another reason to hate the peanuts, frankly. Um, (laughs) If you ask Ah, me. (laughs) Damn it to hell. Um, Okay. Damn it to hell. I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) Uh, later, Charlie Brown comes across Lucy teaching Linus about nature the way she views it with facts such as bugs pulling the grass to make it grow or snow growing out of the ground in winter. And I feel like that one's a pretty easy one to correct because you can literally watch snow fall. Um, but, but she says in the song, I missed it. Snow comes up and then the wind blows it around. So it looks like it's fall. Got it. I love I simply love just out and out lies to children about how the world works. It's fun. Um, It's power that no human should have, and yet we do. Um, And that's why teachers have to exist because parents will just simply lie for no other reason than it is very fun to make a child believe the things that you're saying. Which is just slightly fucked up. But it is uh, is fun. Um, Charlie Brown tries to correct her, but she retaliates with a false explanation. And Charlie Brown bangs his head against a tree in frustration. Yikes, Charlie. Um, then Snoopy's good. mad that he hasn't been fed and it starts to be dramatic about it until Charlie Brown shows up. And then Snoopy burn- bursts into song with the song Supper Time. Supper Time. Mm-hmm. Um, later, Charlie Brown is still sad he's not discovered what it means to be a good man. Uh, but then he discovers this little chewed up pencil <laughs> for the little redhead girl and he discovers that there are teeth marks all over it she nibbles her pencil she's human it's like don't put women that you love on a pedestal charlie like (laughs) they're humans uh don't put them on a pedestal so um after realizing that the woman that he's infatuated with has flaws he realizes that today has actually not been so bad (laughs) And it kind of makes you wonder, like, what the fuck Charlie's problem is. Do you know what I mean? Like, he just feels like she's unattainable because he feels like um, he's yeah. A piece and of knowing shit. she is also a piece of shit just makes him feel better. <laughs> 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 and that's what being in love is. It's not being, you know, a lot of times when you go to a wedding, you'll hear people claim like, "Oh, you make me a better person, and you make me the best version of myself," and that's right. a lie because love is knowing that you're garbage and the person that you love is also garbage (laughs) and you can write that on an etsy sock if you'd like i don't care (laughs) not the etsy i love a pair of socks and script font that say love is knowing that the person you love is a piece of shit just like you (laughs) 
<laughs> we will be selling those in the bits over Broadway <laughs> merch store whenever that happens. It's written all around the socks. <laughs> it's a lot of text to get onto all one around sock. the sock. It's a, it's a small, very font. large amount of text. They will be tube socks. They're knee socks for sure. <laughs> for sure. If we want all of the text to fit. <laughs> We'll also be selling it on baby You're welcome. Um, As Charlie Brown expresses what makes him happy, everyone touched by his love of life begin to express what makes them happy as well. The song Happiness. Um, And then he realizes that being a good man just means trying your best and making the most of your life. Um, Kind of. (laughs) I'm being very harsh to Charlie, and that's not his fault. a bit. Also, is it... Um, too familiar to just refer to him as Charlie. Does he need his full name, Charlie Brown? I feel like maybe I'm being too friendly. I feel like you kind of are. Yeah. Because even in the comics, they yeah. call him Charlie Brown. They only ever call him yeah. by his first well, name it's, or some his full just name. Even have Sally names does. Like that, where you just they just, you have to say their whole name. That's true. You simply cannot. Yeah, you're, it's use too personal. A familiar That's a person name that just them. needs their full name. Um, yeah. I'm trying to come up with examples and I'm literally, I can't remember a single person's name right now. So I've never met a single person. I've never met anyone. I've, I have no friends. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Okay. As his other friends leave the stage, Lucy turns to him and puts out her hand, making him shrink back because as we've mentioned before, she's liable to be physically violent. And exactly. um, as he reaches out, she shakes his hand firmly, then tells him you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Um, and then with a melody of happiness and you're a good man, Charlie Brown, uh, the cast comes out for final curtain. Yeah, it's cute. Yay, it's really cute. Thank the ending you, is Charlie very Brown. Sweet. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything more than just like reassuring Charlie Brown that today is not the day he kills himself. You know, just exactly. <laughs> it's okay, Chuck, we're going to get through this. That's not true. Pat- Peppermint Patty does call him Chuck. So in that oh, way, yeah. I am Patty the Peppermint Patty and I am wearing a green sweater. And my hair is That's correct. than usual. So I don't want to brag, <laughs> but maybe I am slowly evolving into the peppermint patty I always wanted to be. Yes. And we do love that for you. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. Any last things before we mon and share this? Nope. Connor, man and share this for us. So I think, I feel like I'd probably enjoy this musical a little bit more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the musical is fun. I just don't like the peanuts. <laughs> don't like no, the source I material. Um, I really like uh, the style of the musical. I like, um, I enjoy the peanuts. So like, I really like that the humor was able to transfer really well. Um, the performances are amazing and the show is just really fun and cute. It's, simple you don't have to think about anything you don't have to be like well what does this say about society or whatever the fuck like you can just turn your brain off and watch something that's entertaining which is really nice um what we need right now in the world if i if you ask me (laughs) uh with with, there's some crazy things going on in these days so maybe we should all just turn our brain off um (laughs) true so, uh, yeah, I really like it. And the music is fun. Um, I wouldn't say that there's a lot from this show that would, like, be a top favorite in terms of songs. I think My New Philosophy and The Book Report are my two favorites. And, like, that would be about it. Everything else kind of fades background for me. Um, Meryl Man and Cher. Um, yeah, as I said before, I mean, listen, 
It's a fun musical for 90. It has the benefit of being 90 minutes long, which rules. Oh, my God. We didn't even mention it's 90 minutes long. The perfect length. Um, <laughs> the perfect length of a musical. And it still has two acts. Yeah. So you, it can be done. Take notes. Bits over Broadway, the podcast, as you approach hour <laughs> two. <laughs> um, Are we really on hour no, two? No, no, no. We're at an okay. hour and a half. <laughs> but imagine. Um, no, it's it's short, which is good. It's really fun. You don't have to care about the story at all. The songs are their own standalone things, um, which is nice. Like, truly, truly, truly very limited story. You're not missing anything. It's It really is a character showcase. And I think mm-hmm. that's fun and should exist um, for all the things we said before, regional theater, community theater, high school productions. Like, Give the people in your community a chance to kind of show off and be, you know, be the star for a night. That's really fun. I wouldn't say any of these songs make my Broadway playlist. Um, my New Philosophy is fun, but it's not something I'm like, I'm not, I'm never, listen, I'm never dying to hear Christian Genoeth like on a regular basis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think she. But you don't want to hear her yodel? <laughs> like she really got lucky with Wicked, I feel. Uh, like, sure. <laughs> People were like, wow, we'll put up with you. Um, but <laughs> I just I don't need to hear my new philosophy over and over and over again. Fuck. Um all that said, I think watch the leg like, on YouTube. Absolutely mm-hmm. listen to the soundtrack just to chill. Like Connor said, turn your brain off. Like tune in and turn off. It doesn't fucking matter. This is right. so inoffensive, totally wholesome, great. I think if you can find a better version than the 99 version, although it's super fun. Um, if there are more up-to-date versions, I think it's great to watch with your kids. Um, like as an intro to musical theater, that that could be really fun. Um, yeah, I think they did do, I think there is like a TV adaptation somewhere. I don't know if it's available to be watched anywhere, but, um, I, I know they, the, it somehow exists. And I do know that, um, they made like a, I think a non-musical version adaptation of it in like the cartoon style as well. Oh, fun. That's cute. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Connor, anything to plug? Nope. As usual, you can find me across all platforms at CRellyA12. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can find whatever I am working on there. How about you, Meryl? Uh, well, if you do want those uh, feet pics, you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram <laughs> at Meryl K. Uh, you can find this podcast uh, at Bits Over B-Way across all platforms. You can email us, bitsoverbway at gmail.com. If you, we are everywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. If we're not there, you can email us and we will get there. And lastly, as we've mentioned several, many times during this episode, we are are on Patreon, patreon.com slash bits over B-Way. All of that is linked in the show notes. Uh, and that is all I have. Bye. Bye. It's, a, it's a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>